This is Mary with Core of the Matter with an interview with Dr. Robinson, our New Jersey State Climatologist and Professor at Rutgers University. Dr. Robinson teaches courses Climate Systems and Indicators and Geography. Today's interview with Dr. Robinson is about saltwater intrusion. This is Core of the Matter only on 90.3 The Core. Now for the interview. Thank you, Dr. Robinson. Hi, Dr. Robinson. Can you define what salt water infusion is? Well, it's a situation where brackish water infiltrates fresh groundwater uh, along coastal sections primarily. So it's an invasion of this brackish water for one reason or another. It may have to do with drought and a reduction in freshwater groundwater. It may have to do with overpumping that fresh water out of wells, which allows the salt water to invade the area. It could be a function of rising sea levels, which help to push not only the water levels higher on land, um, but also underneath the surface. So there's a lot of different reasons for salt water infusion, um, invasion, infiltration, whatever you wish to call it. Mm -hmm. Where is it happening in New Jersey, do you know? Yeah, I mean, there is evidence of it occurring in coastal areas uh, associated with some over-pumping of mm -hmm. groundwater. That's the primary cause today. Down in Louisiana, it's not only pumping groundwater out, it's pumping oil out of the ground as well. We don't have that situation here. But it results in that salt water intruding and also the land subsiding somewhat, uh, which exacerbates sea level rise. Right, because our coastline is sinking, is that right? It is sinking in part because of the drawdown due to pulling groundwater out of the sandy, what we call aquifer of mm -hmm. South Jersey, but also it's part of a rebounding process associated with the last time there was an ice sheet over North America as far south as northern New Jersey 20,000 years ago, and the continent is still kind of uh, relaxed relaxing from the weight of the ice to the north bulged up the land in South Jersey. With that ice removed up north, the land to the north is rising and sinking in South Jersey. A very, very slow process over thousands of years, but it plays a role in sea level rise, one that is likely to be, pun intended, swamped by an increasing amount of sea level rise due to melting ice sheets and the warming of the oceans over the next 10, 20, 50, 100 plus years. Um, I understand that Cape May, some of the wells that people own, are having problems. With a solution for them, could it be reverse osmosis? Well, there's some thought, and I'm not f too familiar with it, that you can pump fresh water down into the ground and help fight off this intrusion. But what you do as you pump water out of a well, you create this cone of uh, emptiness, if you will, down underneath the earth. Some of it is the earth settling and that substance of the land, but other times it's an opportunity for adjacent brackish groundwater to invade where that area of fresh water was, filling that cone 
with brackish water. So, yeah, really the answer would be to reduce or eliminate the pumping of fresh water out of the ground mm -hmm. and allow the fresh water to battle the brackish, keeping it closer mm -hmm. closer to the coast or off coast. Submarines have a person who makes fresh water out of salt water. So I think that it could be possible that might also be a solution. I understand that cranberry bogs are having problems with the brackish water too. Yeah, I'm not familiar with that. They are a ways inland, so I don't know what's affecting that. It could be that they're hitting some ancient level of brackish water because mm -hmm. the aquifer waters of what we call the Cohansee Aquifer South Jersey with a trillion gallons of water going down thousands of feet is a very old water in some cases mm -hmm. and it might be feeling the effects of events tens or hundreds of thousands of years ago. Mm -hmm. What about the Pine Barrens? Because I am aware, uh, I saw an episode of SciTech Now that covered Dalmarva and how their forests have become marshlands and the farmers irrigation system areas have now salt water in their irrigation yeah, no, that's a problem. Now, in the Pinelands, that's where the cranberry box are located, mm -hmm. and that's a little inland. But you have coastal, more near coastal areas of Jersey where there is farming, Yeah, even along the Delaware Bay, for instance. And there, some of that land is getting slowly inundated and affecting agriculture. From what I understand, in some cases, areas where hay might have been grown, they plant something that's more salt tolerant, a salt hay of sorts. Um, so there's some ability to adapt, but levees that were built along the uh, Delaware Bay Coast 100 years ago have weakened, been eroded away, you add sea level to that, and it's created local problems near the coast. Yeah, and I also read online that the Raritan River Basin might have some of it too. Well, the Raritan is a tidal river up to just above New Brunswick, so with any rise in sea level, um, you can increase the brackishness of that water. Of course, one other way of increasing that brackishness is to reduce the fresh water flow down the Raritan. Mm -hmm. So if we have a, a drought, that brings the salt line up the Raritan. More importantly, it brings that salt line up the Delaware, where it could get close to uh, water intakes for drinking water for Camden region and Philadelphia. So, yeah, we don't want brackishness to our water. There is desalinization as an option, and down in Cape May, they have a plant that does do that. That's encouraging. Yeah, but it's very expensive at this point. There is research underway, and I've read something recently that it may be able to be made more affordable. And there, of course, you have a virtual limitless supply mm -hmm. uh, of water. I know they're already using that in the Middle East, uh, in, in Israel. But again, it's whether it's a, an affordable resource. Might we someday have to turn to that? Uh, hopefully not here in New Jersey. But if we did... One would hope technology was such that we could do it affordably. Right. I wonder if our state or federal government would be willing to help. Well, again, that's an area of research of which I'm not familiar. I assume there is funding 
somewhere through private water companies, through entrepreneurial resources, through federal government to explore this. I just can't imagine there isn't. It's just outside of my bailiwick. Well, here we go. Humans do cause part of this problem of sea level rise and a warming ocean. And how is that we do that? These days, humans are the major cause of such. Our impact on our ocean systems, on our atmosphere, um, has risen above the noisy level of natural climate variability over the last 40 years or so. And we're adding greenhouse gases to the atmosphere, essentially putting another blanket on the bed, which is retaining that heat from the sun longer. And the fact is, when it comes to the oceans, over 90% of the heat that is being held back from going back to space by the atmosphere is being transferred into the oceans. So the oceans are serving as a heat reservoir right now, keeping the atmosphere from getting even warmer than it has been. And with that, there's changes in ocean chemistry and the oxygen content, the salinity, the acidity. Mm -hmm. All of these things are being affected. And then simultaneously, the warmth of the atmosphere and the warmth in some cases of the ocean is exacerbating melt on the Greenland ice sheet, uh, the Antarctic ice sheet, alpine glaciers. So we're adding more water that was trapped on land as freshwater ice and pouring it into the ocean. So, and then finally, that warmer ocean thermally expands. And so you've got the thermal expansion of the oceans, you've got the additional water being poured in from the ice sheets, and you've got a recipe for continue rising and accelerated rising of our ocean waters. And with that, the inundation, not only with respect to our groundwater, but of course with all that sits in coastal areas on what are today most commonly land. And there we have to worry about portions of the Jersey Shore that will be permanently covered by water, whereas today they might only be covered very rarely in a major storm surge. Or nowadays we're seeing they're sometimes slightly covered in fair weather. During a full moon, for instance, the sunny day type of flooding is becoming more prevalent. And there's really no question that we're going to see more of that in the years ahead. Yeah, I know I have an LBI channel that I watch and I saw one of the videos said the new normal and it was flooding during full moon or when the planet aligns with the sun and the moon. Right. The only care you have to take when you say new normal is be sure it's the new normal is this increasing change because it's not as if we're going to go to a new stage and just sit there. We're going to keep going up. So that's the one thing that I think sometimes the public misconstrues with this term new normal. Mm -hmm. The normal is the change. It's not necessarily where we're sitting today because that's bound to change in the years ahead. Well, thank you, Dr. Robinson. I do have questions about lakes and bay Mm -hmm. beaches. A lot of them were closed for parts of the summer. Lake Pacon's um, economics was really affected by this. Now, their situation could have been prevented a little bit because if people could reduce or not use 
fertilizer near the lake, that would be helpful. Yeah, I mean, the problem is one of pouring chemicals, sewage from leaking septic tanks, fertilizers that are washed off of lawns and fields uh, into the lake. So there is a climate component, a weather and climate component associated with it. Heavier rains, more apt to wash that uh, material into the lake. Uh, heavier rains can raise groundwater levels, which also help to take some of the, the septic waste into the water. And then the warmer temperatures, from what I understand, not being a biologist, can exacerbate the problem. They can amplify the growth of the algae. So like many things, when we talk climate, it's not just climate and only the climate causing the issue. It's the climate changes and associated other factors, the the pollution and all. You'd still have a problem with these lakes if we weren't warming them, but by warming them we're making a bad situation worse. You would still have the problems if we were in past rainfall patterns. Well, now we're seeing our rainfall increase, including the intensity of some storms. That's exacerbating the problem. So that's a fascinating thing of being a climatologist to recognize it's, it's not just the climate, it's the climate associated with all of these other factors. Right. I know a beach down in the Pine Barrens called Harry Rate Lake, and it was closed. And that surprised me only because there's no houses around it. So there is no fertilizer, but just extra warm water made problems for places. This summer was extremely hot summer. It was one, you know, interestingly enough, it was only the fifth hottest summer this decade. But the fact is, we've had almost all this decade has been in the top 10 for summer warmth with records going back 125 years. Cutting to the chase, New Jersey summers have gotten significantly warmer in the last 10 to 20 years. Yeah. Well, thank you for covering these issues with us today, Dr. Robinson. And yeah, thank you so. My pleasure. My pleasure. This is Mary for Core of the Matter, only on 90.3 The Core.